Mother Crudgers, welcome back to episode 182 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Orbel Albert, and I'll be your host for today's episode where we count down the top 10 things that I nerd out about even more than pinball. Okay, that's not true. These are things that at one point in my life I nerded out about, you know, probably more than pinball, but there is a few on the list that I actually do nerd out more than pinball about, even right here, right meow, okay? So we're going to count these down. Thanks for coming back. I know it's been a couple days for me. I've been busy getting my house ready to sell. But without further anything, let's get the heck into it and count them down. Number 10, music. Okay, I love all things music. Uh, you just heard a little bit of Weezer, Say It Ain't So There, um, and uh, I did get to see Weezer live in Orlando, Florida when I was down at Disney World back in the day. Um, luckily, I, uh, I, I, you know, being cheap and uh, broke and young, uh, I really wanted Weezer's new album, Pinkerton, and I knew I was going to be going to Disney World with my mom and uh, my best friend Pete, and I basically waited until I got down to Florida to go in and look for the Pinkerton album, and at the local record store there, I looked under rock, and I looked for W for Weezer, and I thought, well, maybe they don't know about Weezer down here. I thought Weezer was big in the States, but then I thought, well, maybe it's like a California thing or a New York City thing, and I'm in this little, you know, um, whatever you call it, mall, like... uh, very suburban kind of mall in, in just outside of Orlando. And I thought maybe they don't have it. And so I go up to this guy and he's working on this, um, promotional setup. And uh, I kind of, you know, said, Oh, excuse me, sir. Um, I'm looking for a band called Weezer, their new album Pinkerton. And he was like, uh, yeah. And he kind of like laughed and then just nodded. Right. And he looked, uh, he looked right at the, the stand he's look he's working on. He's replacing Pinkerton albums on this giant um, board, and it says live in Orlando, playing blah blah blah. And the date was that day. And I said to the guy, "Oh my God, is is there tickets for this show still?" And he's like, "Actually, they just the tickets sold out really quickly. It was for a really small club called the Firestone, I believe. Yeah, I remember because it maybe it was an old like." Tire Garage or something, or I don't know why it was called that. Um, but I think it was called the Firestone. Now I got to look it up. Thanks, guys. Uh, no, I'm, bl- I'm blaming it on you, and it's my fault because I can't remember what it was called. And I did inadequate research before hitting the record button. Firestone or Lando Club. 
Yeah, I don't know. It says the club at Firestone, so maybe it's real. Club Firestone. Here we go. Okay. Venue 578 at Historic... Uh, anyways, the point is, minutes later, the guy went online, got us tickets. I bought them, and then I went into... And now, rem remember, I'm only in... Geez, was I in grade like 10 or grade 11? And uh, I told my mom, I said, we're going to Weezer in Orlando. And she's like freaking out. She's like, I'm not giving you a ride. That's totally crazy. You're going to have to spend your own money on the cab. And I said, okay, it's fine, mom. Anyways, it was the experience of a lifetime. We didn't have time to go back to uh, our timeshare and get changed. So I had to wear a friggin' Mickey Mouse shirt to like this big concert with tons of cool like indie kids at it. Um, really good cover band. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up and figure it. Was it the Pixies? Not cover band. Sorry. Really good opening band. Anyways, and then I had Tiva sandals. Remember Tiva sandals is really dorky, stupid. Like they look like Jesus flippers basically, but they, they looked less like flip flops and more like, like what Jesus or Romans of that time period would wear, what have you, right? This is, I'm not going religious on you guys. I'm just trying to think of like, um, for you to picture this. So I'm in this mosh pit. I'm 30 seconds into the very first song of the opening band and my Tevas are ripped off. So now I'm barefooted, throw my Tevas in the friggin' garbage. I'm wearing dumb Umbro shorts because I don't know, whatever. And, uh, so I look like such a nerd, but you know, I'm a pinball nerd, so it's okay. And I guess at the time I was a Weezer nerd and really Weezer is just a bunch of dorks. So it was, it was, it was like somewhat allowed, but getting your feet stepped on like thousands of times being in the front row, trying to crowd surf and, and and be in the main fight circle of the mosh pit with bare feet is not something I ever want to try again, but it was a time in my life. I still, to this day, have the signed Weezer record, and I can remember at the door. So I think we paid 20 yeah, I paid $20 or $25. I have the ticket somewhere. I will look it up, Pinball Nerds. And uh, I ended up getting the, the Weezer album signed by every member of the band, plus a back pack of Cinnaburst gum, for $25. And I still have the album cover. I still have the ticket. Um, that's about it for that. But I absolutely love music. I have a guitar. I play guitar. Some of you have heard me play some of the intro and outros like I did uh, during the week that the Junos were here in London. And so I absolutely love music. Um, back in the day, I was a security guard. And I remember counting out. I've actually seen just over uh, 800 bands play live in concert. Or at least 800 times, because I've seen bands like the Matadors play like 26 times and stuff like that. So, But uh, I absolutely love live music. Uh, even at my Monday Night Pinball several times, they would have four or five bands who came and played, and they would charge people coming through the door at the live venue. And some people absolutely hate playing, like the idea of playing a tournament and having like a live band like 20 feet away, but I find it kind of interesting. Now, from time to time, random people in between songs may run up and try to play a machine, and you have to be like, hey, sorry, we're playing a tournament right now, which is super awkward, but, you know, I absolutely love music. I love the uh, mixture of music and musicians and artists and a very, very large number of people who love to play music and are passionate about music are also extremely passionate about pinball. And, uh, that's not by accident. I'll tell you that. So, all right. Number two thing I nerd out about, um, almost as much as pinball or more, depending on where we are in the list. Number nine is sustainability. Okay. That was my version of, uh, the record stop, but don't change the channel. I'm not talking about necessarily just 
green and climate change and the environment and all that kind of stuff. Sure, that is part of it. But primarily what I'm talking about when I say sustainability is being able to live on your own and being able to do things on your own and fix things on your own. And well, kind of the opposite of me as far as fixing goes, especially with pinball machines, but um, grow your own food, uh, kind of just be able to take care of yourself and and not really be, uh, you know, uh, labor intensive to the world as far as the, yes, amount of garbage you're creating, but possibly and probably more important, just how how much are you taking away from society? Um, and I know there are a lot of people that are on, and I, I'm not going to use the term welfare, but like social assistance who maybe, you know, um, given the opportunities, uh, could be more self-sustainable. And I happen to just love a lot of YouTube channels that are about homesteading and, uh, people just surviving on their own and learning how to do things on their own and how to survive in wilderness and all those kind of things. So that all ties into sustainability. Number eight, here I am admitting it for the very first time. Please do not mention this on social media, Facebook, or anywhere else because I will completely deny that I ever said this. This is the one only time you're going to hear me talk about it. But I am a closet Pokemoner. That's right. Now, I don't want to out some of you, some, some of you other pinball nerds that love Pokemoning, but I do have some pinball nerd, uh, I do have some pinball nerds friends on my Pokemon list, and we, we trade gifts daily. That's right. I don't want to talk about Mega Charizards or, uh, you know, brag about the fact that I have over 300 shinies and how one time I got 28 shinies and in one t time but anyways that's not the point you guys don't want to hear about that I don't even want to talk about it hearing myself talk about it gets cringeworthy from I remember one time I was actually playing poker at, uh, at Tony's house uh, with Tony and Mike and Sean and a couple other people and my good buddy Matt Megaphone from the uh, two episodes ago that one's almost at 100 listens my top five uses for the Magna save or top five unique uses or could have been called top five fantasy uses that I thought of while I was falling asleep each night because you guys seem to like that episode. And I was asking uh, Danielle, my wife, this morning, why do people love this episode so much, honey? And is it because, A, I did an interview and you guys want to hear me do more interviews? Is it, B, because I did the intro song for the Canadian Pinball Podcast? Or is it, C, because you guys thought it was interesting how I talked about five unique uses of Magna Saves you know, or not even magnet saves, but just a magnet attached to, you know, the flipper where someone can actually press it and actually change something on the game. And I'm not sure. So feel free to email me at pinballnerds at gmail.com or through my Facebook page, which is Pinball Nerds Podcast. Um, also, I did on my very last podcast, I did chat uh, about my experience of getting to go on Pinball Profile, Jeff Diolis, and how cool that was. That will be coming out in about probably a week or so, so I'm really excited for that. Make sure you also like me on Facebook uh, so you can see when that's posted, because that, I, I think it's really neat. This is the first time ever I've ever been interviewed by any other podcast or anything like that. So I think a lot of the questions he might have had and things he was curious about are things that you, my audience, might be curious about. So yeah, be sure to tune in for that one. Um, going back to poker at Tony's house. Okay. Uh, we're there and Matt starts talking about Pokemon and he's like, Oh, is there any way that you could, um, trade me your, uh, shiny Bulbasaur for, uh, you know, whatever, a mega DX shiny, whatever, like so some other type of Pokemon. And I'm like, 
uh, dude, we do not talk about that here. And he's like, what do you mean? And it, like, I'm like, I can see a couple of people are looking at us like, what? Like Ray's looking over like, what are they talking about? And then I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm giving them like the X to the throat. Like, no, 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 that's enough of that. We don't talk about that here. Anyways, so I'm, I'm, I'm briefly for this one minute of talking about how much I love Pokemon. Uh, I'm there. And, and if you happen to be another uh, pinballer who loves Pokemon, feel free to message me, uh, Albert Agar, on Facebook. And I will very privately PM you back my friend code. And we can be friends and trade gifts. And you can get some Canadian gifts if you're the further away you're, you're from, the better. Because this is the end of my nerding out on it. I am really trying to get my 250,000 miles traded badge. And I'm barely over 100K, guys. So I need to, to get some eggs from far away. So if you're listening, if you're one of my listeners who's in Australia or Scandinavia, please, please, please private message me and let's trade some Pokemons. All right. Number seven is foodie. So uh, I am a huge, massive, big foodie, which just means uh, I sound like a pretentious uh, uh, jerk when you're in the car with me going anywhere to play pinball because you'll be like, hey, do you want to go to McDonald's? Oh, sorry, did you want to go to, you know, blank or this or this or this? And I usually, now on the road, I'll eat whatever I have to eat. And I, I do agree with my best friend uh, did a whole Facebook rant about how the McDouble is uh, perhaps the best deal that's ever been given in in history. Uh, you know, for a dollar, I don't know, what is it, 69 here in Canada? You get like two pieces of cheese, two buns, basically ask them for unlimited condiments on there uh, and toppings, essentially. And you get, uh, well, well, at least you get onions and pickles. They're not huge amounts, but onions, pickles, ketchup, relish, whatever, two slices of cheese, everything for under two bucks. That's basically like you could live off one of those per day. Like that's all the protein and you need, you know what I mean? Maybe a little more calories, but that's all the protein and fat you would need in a day. So and you can get all that for less than $2. So perhaps he's right, but I am a giant foodie. Now I've told you about the cheapest burger I get. Now I'll tell you about the most expensive burger I get. And then you will hate and unsubscribe to this forever. But oh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go for it. There's a place here in London called The Bungalow. And they have like nine different types of buns that you can get everything from sourdough to like just ciabatta and just everything you can think of, right? Whole wheat, Kaiser everything. And, and now this could have changed. I haven't been there in a while since I haven't been a craft uh, beer territory manager for Flying Monkeys um, Craft Brewery. I have not been back there because I had a little bit of a negative experience there on the day I got fired. I'm not going to lie. But, and I should go back. I, I do want to come back. I think I did go back maybe once and sat on the patio, but I haven't looked on the, at the full menu. And so, it, you know, if you go there, don't expect maybe they have all of these options, but then they have like seven different types of meat. And uh, the one that I got was the local, free-range, organic. I'm saying all these words knowing that people are cringing right now and they're, they're changing to the next show. But uh, local, free-range, organic um, bison. And just, oh my God, bison in a burger just, it does, it just, it amps up the flavor without being too gamey. Uh, the fat contents, of course, uh, I, I'm guessing a little bit higher. But I'm not sure why they're so juicy. It's just freaking good. Go have a bison burger. Tell me what you think. Um, so then I get on it usually like super old aged Gouda. And then I'll probably toss on like a maple cheddar. 
And then uh, on the bottom of the patty, I like to get, and yes, they will do all these different weird things for you. Usually I have everything brought up on my phone before the, the server even comes over. And usually on the bottom, I get like an authentic Stilton from, yes, the place in France where that comes from. So by the time that I end up adding all of the uh, cheeses and, uh, uh, you know, all the different options that I end up adding with the caramelized grilled maple onions, you know what I mean? Like all these different things you can get done. The burger usually comes to about $30. And while I'm and, and I don't just go to town this burger like you would a McDouble in 20 seconds. I actually take about 45 minutes to eat it. And I have a couple bites and I enjoy it. And uh but I I'm also sipping on beer and I'm just I'm enjoying the flavor so much I want to chew on it for a long time and just really enjoy it. And no matter where I'm going if I'm going to Toronto, Vancouver, um you know, even out east with my wife, no matter where we're going, my absolute favorite thing to do is to go through Yelp, TripAdvisor, Facebook, whatever I have to, to find the absolute best places to eat with the best, like the best gastropubs, the best places. It doesn't all have to be local. It doesn't all have to be free range. It doesn't all have to be organic. I'm certainly not a vegan. Uh, my very favorite place in Toronto, in fact, is Burger Priest. And they're, unlike the bungalow where I pay up to $30 for a burger, Burger Priest, you go there, Yes, uh, I forget the name. I order the, I think I order the Vatican City off the secret menu when I go to Burger Priest in Toronto. Um, and that one is like two grilled cheeses with like two patties with two cheeses on each. So yeah, it's Heart Attack City. Um, usually I split it with Danielle because it's a friggin' the burger's so big. You just, you'd, it, you'd have to, it'd have to be 420 again like it was this weekend for you to get through that entire frickin' burger yourself. And you could possibly have a heart attack. So I don't recommend it. Like go there and split it with someone. But that's like a $10 burger. Or just go there and get their regular burger. I think it's $6.99 or $7.99 and it's fantastic. It's huge. It tastes great. Um, it's obviously never frozen, locally made in house. I'm pretty sure they do use local beef, even though you wouldn't have to. But I like to go to the good places. So I'm not going with you. Don't ask me to go to Swiss Chalet. Don't ask me to go to Olive Garden. Okay. Yeah, 19-year-old Albert, when he can eat like 15 bowls of pasta and uh, four things of uh, salad and three things of garlic bread. Yeah, he might have gone there. Uh, almost 40-year-old Albert is just not going to go there. All right. The next thing on my list... As I scroll over here, I, I should mention in the foodie part that I am a massive coffee snob and tea snob, but for those of you who know me know I own the tea company Angry Alpaca Tea, and uh, I truly believe our blends are some of the best on the planet. Of course, we don't flavor the tea, we just do unique blends. So for instance, our top selling blend is called Bohemian Raspberry. Uh, for any of my friends on Facebook who did see the picture of my house going up for sale that's uh, on there yesterday, you would have seen the art that's actually featured on the front of that, the alligator, uh, if you're, yeah, getting that one. But Bohemian Raspberry is a combination of a strawberry oolong and a raspberry green. My wife and I took a long time combining so many different teas to come up with unique flavor blends that are completely unique to our company, sometimes using three or four different blenders or flavors ourselves to mix in ours. Um, and then more importantly, maybe then how good the taste, the, the tea, the tea tastes and how unique it is. But we also use local artists on the covers of all of our tea, and then they get their information on the, basically on the back of the packaging as well. So that's really cool. Um, I art, art didn't quite make it on the list here, but I could have probably added that to my top 10 list. 
Um, <clears throat> okay, number six is skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, skiing, anything outside extreme. Wakeboarding could have been added there. Um, my skateboarding is very limited right now. I'm not doing any tricks. From time to time, you will see me on a skateboard, either for, for transportation, like a longboard, or just a regular skateboard. If I'm really jonesing and I want to try to possibly do a manual or just ride back and forth, I'm not going on ramps. I'm not going in skate parks. I'm not going fast. I'm going extremely slow. I did uh, break my arm slash sprain like, and wreck like 15 tendons in my left arm uh, last fall skateboarding. So I will not be doing that lots. And I have been told now by um, a whole slew of doctors that I am no longer allowed to snowboard, but if I absolutely have to, that I am not allowed into a snowboard park because I have broken the whole right side of my face. So if you ever care to look at me straight in the eyes, and or if you see me in person, you can definitely tell on the right-hand side, the right uh, part of, well, it'll be left if you're looking at me straight on, side of my face is sort of indented. I had a facial fracture there with 14 different bones that were broken, and I am not allowed to snowboard anymore. So now we're down to like surfing, and that's part of the reason why I'm moving out to the East Coast. Because when you fall in water, you usually don't hit your face or your arm, right? Am I right? Unless there's a rock there, I don't know, or a shark, like then, and then a shark's going to end up biting off my back left foot and then I'll have to walk and then I won't be able to surf anymore and then it will be down to just wakeboarding on or, or water skiing on one leg. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really love all of those things. I still watch the X Games. Watching anything skateboarding related was hard for a bit because I couldn't do it anymore and that was just a huge creative outlet. I was never great at it. I was never awesome. Um, I will actually post a video probably very soon uh, on my regular Facebook group about uh, Basically, it's the last kickflip I probably ever did, and I managed to get it on camera, so I probably will post that in the future. But number five, craft beer. So for any of those of you who know me, um, I am definitely a craft beer snob. I have tried so hard not to be pretentious when people talk to me about beer, um, but it's very, very, very hard not to be just because I have now officially tried over a 1,000 beers. Um and I've also been to probably uh, at least two to three dozen beer craft beer festivals, including Cast Days in Toronto, which is my favorite, which is the only one I go to each and every single year whenever I can get the time off work or I'm not you know, busy with the kids, that sort of thing. I get down there. Um, if you're in and around southwestern Ontario anywhere, even New York city, state, Buffalo, Buffalo pinball dudes, I'm talking to you, uh, Chicago, anywhere within drivable to Toronto and you like craft beer, you should come. Not only is there like, well, two years ago, there was only three pinball machines on free play. Last year, there was five on free play and some good ones. This year, I think there could be even eight to 10 on free play. And because let's be honest, most people are there for beer. You get to go on those free play rare pinball machines pretty quickly, but mostly you go there for the beer. So if you're a craft beer nerd like me, get out there and uh, enjoy some beer. It is the largest Cascale festival in the world, I believe. They had 350, oh no, the largest one outside of California maybe. They had 350 cask, uh, original cask beers there. Uh, and these beers have to be beers that really aren't served anywhere else in and around uh, Ontario. So they're really rare, really interesting beers. Um, I've also been homebrewing for, I think I just did, uh, I've done, I've sat in for over a hundred craft beer, uh, brewings now. No, is it 50? 
No, because I've done about 30 myself. I think I'm in around 100. I don't really know why the mat the number matters because I suck at brewing beer. I am I got okay at skateboarding, but at, as far as brewing beer on my own, I brewed like three that were good, two that were okay, 15 that were mediocre at best, and like 10 that were barely drinkable, and five that I had to throw out. Including, I did happen to brew a 5,555 IBU uh, basically septuplet frickin' IPA. So the average beer out there is like three to five, like your generic macro lager, like a Budweiser or Coors is like, IBUs is international bittering unit. So basically how much hops were added early on in the, uh, the brew to give it that distinct bitterness flavor. If you look at something like a Guinness or something, it might be a little bit higher than that. But until you get to like, until you get rid of every single beer you can buy in the macro, and not that there's anything wrong with macros. I drink macros from time to time, and there is some craft breweries that have been bought up by macros, which are just large craft be- or sorry, large beer companies. Um, and I don't want to nerd out too much because I know this isn't a craft beer podcast. Uh, I also got to host a Rogers show, kind of, imagine Wayne's World, but about craft beer uh, on the local uh, program here. The dryer just started about 20 feet away from me. So hopefully if you can hear that, it's not too loud or distracting. Um, The next thing in my list that I go crazy for, oh, and by the way, if you do have me uh, on, um, if you do have me on Twitch, uh, while I'm thinking about it, I will be enjoying probably a couple craft beers while talking about pinball as I usually do, but every time, uh, make sure you add me to Twitch under Pimmel Nerds Podcast. Um, this Saturday is the Path of Play. Um, I have it up here. So Path of Play, um, fun play day. So I'm very excited about that. That will be at Ian Harewer's house. Uh, Ian's uh, Twitch channel is Gamma Goat. So make sure you have him on there. We're going to be doing or trying to do, if the internet will let us, a double stream for Path of Play Day. So, um, yeah, this should be very, very, very fun. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit more information here on the Path of Play, if you guys haven't heard of it. It is a charity that is not just uh, pinball-focused, but it is also... Um, it, it's also every all things gaming and just family and having fun. So I'm going to read the story here really quickly for you. Meet white, meet Mike and his wife, Carmela. Okay. In January, 2017, their son, Luke was born and sorry, their son, Luke was diagnosed with autism while meeting other families. It became apparent to them that living with autism can set often separate individuals from society. As a response to this reality, they decided to try an idea by creating something called family game day. What they discovered was that this humanitarian initiative was not only not only promoted inclusive spaces, but also worked as an effective awareness tool for autism. It also demonstrated that the world of play can, in fact, make it easier for people to connect no matter what walk, sorry, no matter what walk in life they have to take, or at the very least, allow for individuals to coexist. Now Path of Play extends its mandate by assisting families through various subsidy programs and institutes an array sorry an array of gaming projects that expand on methods of play both in home and in early intervention centers. This project is beginning to open more doors of understanding so ultimately 
acceptance for many of these families. Sorry, this project is beginning to open more doors of understanding and ultimately acceptance for many of these families. So let's play together. So this is by Mike Primo, Primo uh, probably mispronouncing that. Sorry, Mike, but he's really cool. He's uh, a big pinballer as well. He did do a path path of play uh, thing through Papa, and Papa was really cool. Papa let them use their channel for him to do the thing um, talking about path of play and path of play day. So there is going to be a live feed through Gamma Goat of that, and I might be live streaming with him as well on that day. Make sure that you uh, come watch us, and if for some reason, and it is a worldwide event, by the way, so there is people from all over the world. I know like Canada, the United States, a couple other places will be playing. Um, so yeah, make sure that you go check that out. It is this Saturday, Saturday, April 27th. I believe we're going to start live streaming at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, um, make sure even maybe more importantly, if you can't watch any of those live streams, if for some reason you can't hold your own path of play or become part of that, or you're not able to donate on the day of or watch it, please go to www.pathofplay.com and support that way. So yeah. Anyways, that should be really fun. Now back to the top 10 list scheduled. Here we go. Okay. So the next thing on the list that I love to nerd out about, geek out, dork out. I don't think dork out sounds as cool, does it? Um, <clears throat> after craft beer would be, and these last three here, okay, or sorry, these last four here, are, I'm actually going to say are almost as high. If not, I'm going to say, let's be honest, maybe even a little bit higher up on the list than any of, than, than even pinball or at least close to for number four. But numbers three, two, and one are all, I, I nerd out about those things. Just they're more important to me than pinball. Sorry, pinball. But number four is hiking. And the only reason I say hiking is because I am actually hiking the Bruce Trail, leaving in less than a month, um, May 25th. Oh my gosh, it's one month today. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, okay. I'm freaking out. I did go on two long hikes yesterday. Um, I almost like as many YouTube channels that are about hiking as I do pinball. Um, I love the being out in nature. I love the sustainability aspect. Um, I'm going to be walking for almost a thousand kilometers from Tobemori all to all the way to the U.S. border in Niagara, um, even yeah Niagara on the Lake, I believe, or St. Catharines where it ends. <clears throat> so I'll be walking almost a thousand kilometers, which is like 600 miles, which is a long way to be walking by yourself with a tent. Um, sometimes I most nights I won't know where I'm sleeping. I'll just sleep wherever wherever I can find a place near the trail. Um, some nights I will get to sleep in campgrounds, bed and breakfasts, Airbnbs. Um, that sort of thing. I think there's at least one hostel up near there I'll be able to stay in. So I'm very excited about that. Again, if you have me on Facebook under Albert Agar, you'll be able to follow all that stuff. <clears throat> I do pl plan on posting videos about that and uh, talking about it a little bit. And don't worry, pinball nerds, I'm still going to be keeping up with pinball news on the trail. And I know what you're thinking. When you're walking 8 to 10 hours a day <clears throat> and setting up a tent, how are you going to have time? Well, I'm going to have time because I'll be totally caught up on podcasts from listening while I'm walking. <clears throat> I should have got a brought a glass of water in here. Sorry, I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat, but we'll, we'll power on through it. Um, and yes, hold on. Let me see how awesome my wife is. Let's, so let's check this out. Honey, 
Is there any way you could pass me something to drink? I'm totally like coughing in here. Thanks, baby. She is she the best? This is why I married her, right? Um, <clears throat> and it's 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 I, I'm a little bit far through this, but it smells like you're working on Brecky. Yeah, I think she is. Um, okay, so let's see here. Oh, thank you. Are you working on Brecky? I sure am. Oh my gosh, you surprised me. Okay, I'm not even going to ask what it is when the podcast is done. We're going to have a beautiful breakfast together. I'm going to try to speed through the end, uh, but not too fast because I want you know I want my pinball nerds to hear it. But <clears throat> all right, so hiking. I can't wait to watch the Bruce get out there and enjoy nature. Um, the one time I actually do turn Pokemon Go off on my phone when I'm walking around. When I'm walking on the city trails and stuff, it's no biggie or just around downtown. I have it on almost all the time when I'm not playing pinball on it. But uh, when I'm hiking through the woods, I like to just have my phone off. Um, you know, I might have available, like, you know, for texting in case there's an emergency or one of my kids wipes out the skateboard park or something like that, right? But... Um, all right. And that brings us to what a segue that was. Number three, these last three things, all of them, all of them, I nerd out about way more than pinball. Number three is parenting. Thanks, honey. Mm. My fave, a lemon water. Sorry, guys. I just got to adjust here for a sec. Oh my gosh. Why did I talk so much? I talked too long in this podcast. Okay, so parenting. I'm not going to go into great parenting detail. Half of you listening probably don't even have kids, so this is even less relevant than half the other things I nerded out about here. But I have kids. I love my kids. And some people would say I sacrificed my career and other stuff like that to get to be a stay-at-home dad and hang out with them more and parent better. All of those things aren't really true. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the term stay-at-home dad because all of that time that I was working part-time and part stay-at-home dad and part business owner. Um, I was also busy doing other things, so I don't really love that term. Um, but that's basically, long story short, what I was. So um, as an example, I guess, I would say that uh, you know I took, I took a six-month leave uh, with my second son, and I only took, um, I think, like a two-week leave with my first son, Hayden, and with Owen, I took three months or six months off. And like I took half the parental leave time. And I would say every father out there or father to be, if you get the chance to do that, you will have a unique relationship with that child for the rest of your life. And you will have more appreciation for your partner for the rest of your life, for you know, any time that they're with the child alone and you're not. So I would recommend that's just that's just the only tip I'm gonna give y'all about parenting. Other than that, just uh Always choose to, to spend time with your kids when you can over, say, working overtime at work unless you absolutely need the money or overtaking extra shifts or overtaking more responsibility at work where you're going to be more stressed at home. I would say always try to choose your kids if you chose to be a parent and have kids. So number two, my partner. That's right. Partner's number two. There she is. <laughs> She's She just jumped in and gave me a thumbs up. So. Why the partner above the kids? Because that's your partner. You chose your partner. You don't choose your kids. Your kids are like random. Now, thank God. Thank God, randomly, I happen to like my kids. But I know some parents that just don't really like their kids or vice versa. Their personalities don't jive, right? And that happens sometimes too. 
It's kind of like a one in a million on each side. However, you can choose your partner and you're really, your partner's going to be there for you before and after the kids, right? Hopefully if the relationship goes well, if you put the, the, the partner second in everything, um, literally every time my wife goes to work, I stop and I thank her and I say, baby, thank you so much for going to work today. I really appreciate you doing that because I get to stay home and like make a podcast or like I'm going to be doing this afternoon, live stream some skateball. Um, I am holding back on live streaming some, um, um, I was going to say, uh, live streaming the walking dead tomorrow. So today I might do a short uh, just because I miss y'all, I haven't streamed for a while. My house is finally on the market and I'm a free man again. I feel like uh, in the Shawshank Redemption when uh, he says, when you're sitting on the roof and you're having a beer, and I'm going to paraphrase here, you're sitting on the roof and you're having a beer uh, after a hard day's of work, nothing makes a man feel like he's free like that, right? And yesterday I played one, just one game of The Walking Dead after six or seven weeks of renovating this house and painting and looking on MLS every single day in our area to compare what we should price it at and figuring out which real estate firm to use or whether we should um, do it ourselves and figuring out all the everything to do and then buying a house in another freaking country or the other side of the country. Between doing all of that, I've had very little time for pinball. So every time I played was playing pinball, I was like, ooh, you're taking away from the live stream. You're taking away from the podcast. You're taking away from parenting. You're taking away from being a good partner. You're taking away from renovating the house. And yesterday, I got to play knowing I had been a good partner, a good parent. The house was for sale, and I played this one game as a free man, knowing that, yes, today I had to catch up on podcasts and doing some streaming for the Pinball Nerds uh, podcast streaming channel, but I felt like a free man standing there playing pinball. It was almost like it, it was I was a kid again playing with no, not a thought in the world. And you know what? I think the reason why so many people nerded out so freaking hard about... Uh, Willy Wonka is because, and the reason why it, it's going to be the best-selling Jersey Jack pinball machine of all time, you heard it here first, pinball nerds, is because it makes you think about being a kid again. It gives you that feeling of not having a care in the world, not having chores, not having jobs, not having even partners, not even having like any anything important uh, to do it that way. So, anyways... Thanks so much, Danielle. I really appreciate that. All right, number one, and this is going to be a surprise to no one because I am a selfish mofo, but number one, I nerd out about myself. I am sort of like the dude from The Big Lebowski, or at least I try the best to be. Of course, I could never be half that cool. I would never be half as cool as Jeff Bridges uh, in The Big Lebowski, but I do nerd out pretty hard about it. And uh, what I mean by that is I spend a lot of time focusing on keeping myself not stressed, if that means meditating, if that means um, just quitting a job where they're treating me like crap, uh, if that means uh, dialing back on e even going out or visiting people or even a, a commitment. Maybe I said on Facebook, oh yeah, I'm going to be going to this party or this get together or this thing. Honestly, sometimes I just totally flake out on it and I choose myself instead. And I always put myself first. And it's funny because all these people out there forever said, don't put yourself first. But I found since I started putting myself first and keeping myself more calm, more relaxed, more chill, um, 
I will tell you guys my mantra, and this is sort of like the Pokemon thing. I'm kind of coming out of the closet here. Is I am no, I am not any type of Zen master. I don't sit in a meditation pause for hundreds of times a day. But if I find myself getting too excited or too stressed, whether it's during playing pinball, which just does happen. Sometimes I get to finals and I need to just calm myself down. But whether I'm in the car and I'm about to get road rage because some jerk just cut me off for the 14th time here in London because of the worst drivers on the planet. Whether one of my kids has decided to see how much patience I have by being 45 minutes late when we're late, 45 minutes late getting home when we're busy trying to get out the door and they're not answering their phone. Whether it is maybe my wife just having a bad day and not putting up with my BS like she normally does and all of a sudden just telling me to shut the F up, right? You know, so sometimes you just need to do things to calm yourself down and and chill. And uh, basically the mantra I use is love is accepting peaceful and calm. I am love. Isn't that, it's really tacky, right? It is really tacky, but it tries, it usually helps keep me um, I guess grounded for a better term. I did read a really cool book uh, that was not written by the Dalai Lama, but written because um, again, I the only the only religion I practice is Buddhism. Okay, and I kind of consider that like a Buddhist type of direction without the religious aspects of it. Um, I am an ordained Buddhist priest. For those of you who have seen my um, my green pinball jacket that I wear with all my double danger patches on it and uh, my Charizard. Yes, I guess, I guess people kind of know I like Pokemon, but I don't really talk about it much to me. If you know what a Charizard is, when you look at someone's jacket, that means you know enough about Pokemon that I can talk to you about it. And I, I won't feel too bad. Um, but you'll see on there, I have my little fish that says Dudaism in the middle of the fish, the G the Jesus fish, if you want to call it that. Um, and, uh, in the in basically to become an ordained Judas priest, you just have to uh, take an oath to abide to chill at all costs. So you put the you put basically being cool, calm, collected, and trying not to get out of sorts and angry and be a negative influence on the rest of the planet and yourself and a toxic like basically you try to do the opposite of what everyone ever did on the Jerry Springer show. Think of it that way. And uh, <clears throat> because I was known as, you know, a little bit of a, well, I don't know, if, again, I don't know if bipolar is the right term, but I, I frequently would get very uh, excitable and have grandiose ideas and then sometimes just get really upset really quickly and be more emotional than people typically. But um, because of all of those things, I've found that I really can't work a typical 40-hour week stressful, like, factory or office job. I don't have the skills to work a 40 hour a week job, like at like, I don't know, somewhere you'd need a university education for. Um, I do have a diploma in marketing from a local community college here, Fanshawe. But what I've found that I like doing best is running my own companies because then I work on my own schedule. And that's why I have Hummingbird Homestead and Angry Alpaca. So yeah, that's a little bit maybe more about me than you guys all wanted to know. And I know this episode ran way long for my supposedly shorter podcasts. But thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who feel like maybe you don't know me that well and you're wondering what else I like to nerd out on, well, now you know. Maybe you picked up something cool from this episode. Um, I am going to play you out with another band that I have seen live that I also may, am a massive, massive fan of. This is the band Radiohead, one of my favorite songs by them, Paranoid Android. 
Until next time, guys. Eat. Sleep. Breathe. Pinball. <laughs>